0: Welcome to Serene Reflections, a podcast of Dharma Talks from the Walawa Buddhist Temple. I am Reverend Clarissa Beatty, a Zen monk and Buddhist priest from the mountains of Northeast Oregon, where we practice contemplative meditation, the Chan of Bodhidharma, the Zen of Dogen, the Serene Reflection Meditation of Reverend Master Giu Kennett. You are are invited to let yourself grow naturally still, to let go of the world for a while. Join us in listening in sound, in listening in stillness, turning within to listen from the heart that seeks the way. However infinite the Buddha's truth is, I vow to realize it. With this final pledge, the four Bodhisattva vows are completed in our communal renewal of vows ceremony. The expression of the bodhicitta, the heart that seeks the way to liberation from suffering. Reciting the bodhisattva vows in ceremony, I follow along. I turn when everyone else turns. I bow when bows are signaled, I repeat the words after the precentor intones them, keeping up with the others. In a room full of Buddhists following along together, we are of all shapes and sizes, voices and perceptions. Still we come together as one heart, expressing the wish to train. Have I noticed the depth of what we're doing? Have I heard these words we're saying? Even at my first encounter with the Bodhisattva heart, this turning within seems familiar. This can't be the first time I've uttered these words. Can't be the first time the heart has opened like this. Where have I heard this before? The recitation of these vows gives voice to the pure-hearted aspiration to help beings, which, expressed wholeheartedly, transforms the speaker into a bodhisattva a being on the way to enlightenment. Here again are the four vows which convey the selfless willingness of the Buddha heart. However innumerable beings may be, I vow to save them all. However inexhaustible the passions may be, I vow to transform them all. However limitless the Dharma may be, I vow to comprehend it completely. However infinite the Buddha's truth is, I vow to realize it. By speaking these words, I have promised to save all the innumerable beings, transform the inexhaustible passions, and comprehend the limitless dharma. I finish with my resolve to realize the Buddha's infinite truth. To do this sincerely takes great compassion and steadfast determination. Even if I don't fully fathom the implications of my vows, my willingness to open to where they may lead has inestimable merit. What is... The Buddha's truth. If it's infinite, how might I by myself possibly realize it? Buddhist teaching isn't prone to exaggeration, which is a form of lying and thus contrary to the precepts, the Buddha's teaching. So, how could I possibly make such seemingly impossible promises, let alone fulfill them? The answer lies beyond the sense of self, for none of us realizes our vows alone. The way to the answer for me begins with the asking of the question. Some who study the ancient Buddhist scriptures say that the four bodhisattva vows appeared in the early Mahayana teachings as a response to the Buddha's four truths. The Buddha's Four Truths, sometimes called the Four Noble Truths, are that inherent in life is suffering, that suffering is caused by clinging, that suffering may cease by letting go of clinging, and that the way to let go of clinging is to follow the Eightfold Path, Essentially. That enlightenment is found in meditating and keeping the precepts. This following of the path is itself the expression of our innate Buddhahood. This is what's meant by the Zen teaching that training is enlightenment. So, looking again at the Bodhisattva vows, this makes sense, this interpretation of the Bodhisattva vows as the heart's spontaneous reply to the truth of the Buddha's teaching. One way to understand these vows is, indeed, as an acknowledgement, a response to the Buddha's four truths, the natural, quickening reflex of the Buddha nature within upon hearing itself expressed. Starting with the Buddha's first truth, dukkha, suffering in Sanskrit, Shakyamuni Buddha realized that suffering exists. It cannot be evaded in samsara, the endless world of life and death. Dukkha may be mild, it may be extreme, it may be anything in between. Faced with suffering, what can I do about it? I can help. I am not powerless in the face of suffering. What may I do to help? There is no single right answer to this question. The ways of helping are as numerable as the beings who need help. Thus may I begin to help by meeting what arises within my own being, by offering just what is needed by this being before me this moment. The Buddha's second truth is Trishna in Sanskrit, meaning thirst, desire, craving, the principal cause of all suffering. Suffering's root cause is clinging. Not the objects we grasp after or push away, but the clinging itself. What can I do about all the clinging in this world of samsara? What can I do about my own clinging? I can start by seeing clearly the greeds, hatreds, and delusions arising within my own heart and mind. These are what is meant by passions. Recognizing them for what they are, fleeting, capricious, beginning whenever possible, I can cease to act out of ignorance merely on the vicissitudes of my own likes and dislikes. Thus may I transform these impediments to my own enlightenment into the means of liberation. Thus may greed, hatred, and delusion become compassion, love, and wisdom. The third truth is the possibility of the cessation of suffering through the release of selfish clinging. This cessation is called niroda, in Sanskrit, meaning that something, in this case clinging, ceases, becomes extinct, is stopped. Nirodha means the way to lasting true peace, through letting go of clinging. In Mahayana Buddhism, and especially in Zen, often the main experience and the main approach to letting go of suffering is through the realization of the teaching of impermanence and of no separate self. Thus, Naroda, cessation, peace of heart, is the letting go of self-centeredness, the acceptance of the infinitely changeable flow of all that is. Neroda means dying to the clinging self, becoming one with that which is greater than one's limited sense of self, with what Reverend Master Jiu called, among other things, the eternal By eternal, she meant the limitless, infinite, all-permeating Buddha nature, of which we are all a part, from which we come and to which we return, never separate except by our own misconceptions. The infinite cannot be pinned down. The eternal is much bigger than me, and I am not separate from it. From Nagyarajuna's commentary on the scripture of great wisdom, By contemplating the impermanence of birth and death, one obtains the path. Thus may the teaching of the infinite eternal help me, help us all, here and now. The fourth truth is the path, Marga, path in Sanskrit. Marga also means a vow a practice, or a faith. Following the Buddha's path, the course set out by him in his teaching, leads the follower to enlightenment, to liberation from suffering. Making a vow is a way of taking up the practice. The Buddha's path is also called the middle way because it leads beyond the extremes of indulgence or asceticism, beyond clinging to either life or death. The Buddha's moderate and sustainable approach to searching for enlightenment is also called the Eightfold Path, because the work to be done spans eight areas which make up our life. These areas are understanding, thought, speech, action, livelihood, effort, mindfulness, and meditation. The first two how we understand and think on the teaching are essential to how we approach the path. Seeing the truth of things just as they are, and our honest reflection on the truth, is our gateway. The next three, speech, action, and livelihood, are the distillation of the precepts. They are how we put our understanding into practice. They are the setting foot on the path. Our bright willingness, our balanced effort made in trust, sustains us on the spiritual journey. And the final two, mindfulness and meditation, are at once the destination and the origin of the process of finding true peace. Thus, the Eightfold Path is a circle is represented by a turning wheel with its eight spokes emerging like light rays from a single point, the still center at its core. Hearing this summary of the Buddha's truth, wrapped up neatly in a package, I might be tempted to think of these truths as finite. Even the Buddha's teaching in abstraction can appear to be graspable, defined. But the Buddha's truth is ever-changing and multifaceted. What helps me is not the same as what helps another being. And still there is something which helps How may I discover what may help, here and now? What aspect of the infinite truth is relevant in this time and place, under these circumstances, for this being? Where do I cling, and at what moment? Where may I let go And at what moment, of all that has come to me, what is it good to hold gently, and what would be wisest and most compassionate to let go? learning of the historical connection between the four vows and the four truths, something clicks into place. Now the four vows make more sense to the thinking mind. Maybe this can be of help for a mind inclined to wonder. Together, these two sets of fours become a repeated call and response, interwoven like an endless knot of eternity. Inherent in life is suffering. Therefore, however innumerable beings may be, I vow to save them all. Suffering is caused by clinging. Therefore, however inexhaustible the passions may be, I vow to transform them all. By letting go of self-centered clinging, suffering ceases. Therefore, however limitless the dharma may be, I vow to comprehend it completely. The way to true peace is the eightfold path, is to meditate and follow the precepts. Therefore, however infinite the Buddha's truth is, I vow to realize it. Thank you for joining us in listening to Serene Reflections from the Heart that Seeks the Way. To learn more about this practice, including more about how to meditate, you are invited to visit our website at org. Here, in the Kanzan shrine of our meditation hall, we offer the merit of our practice of serene reflection meditation to all beings including you, wherever you may be.